shadow priest's encounter, a demon resides. You return, young caster, and do you bring someone new? All are welcome around the fire, just like all are welcome in Ogresfield town. Now, nestle yourself on this ground. Perch your ears. This is a story of how the Shadow Priest was steered into a self-belief, and the belief in the spirit of every caster. The Shadow Priest said it would be easier for the tales to be told if from time to time they were not so emboldened with misery. So this next tale may not be as visionary as the last, yet it's still an integral part of the Shadow Priest's past. How he was able to retain the light in his soul, the fire in his heart, and how he tempers the darkness in his eyes. The Shadow Priest first and foremostly despises the abuse of power. I'm sure by now with the stories so sour, you have begun to appreciate that of what he hates. The goblins that transfigure tales of Velocast, necromancer quarrels and all the rest. There are more stories with detestable malevolence yet to be told. For the sake of your sanity, of which you grasp or perhaps do not even hold, we must wait for those stories. Truly great the stole. This story I implore thee to be slow to react, for these are nemesis that are soulfully intact. They are not demons, but victims of the chaos spells imparted upon them, unable to balance their soul energy due to the darkness overwhelming them. You see, the sweet just ain't as sweet without the bitter, and that is difficult to hear if you are brittle. But nay, you should be strong by merit of these stories and your own existence. This story is about chaos spells, and desistance, and the repetition of chaos magic. How recurrence can be a phenomenon due to the pains of which someone has gone through. Now think of all you hold dear and close. Imagine those that give you shelter, food and clothes. Imagine there is near a person that does that for you without ill intention. Now the reason I mention this is due to the notion that the Shadow Priest was caught in a river of emotion when they locked in battle. The Shadow Priest in firm conviction that he nay should tattle. So he rocked the corridors and halls whenever he could. This is the tale of the Hall Monitor of Blood. He had a friend yet to attend the academy. He was at in the year below and with knowledge of the academy he had bestowed unto the friend's mother, that at his academy there were no shadow magics used upon the students. A naive bow promised to make, and that is why the young shadow priest had to take action, for in action would render his word to have no value. Not only this a promise, it was everything to him. He had already seen that this was merely the tip of the iceberg, and the elder shadow priest loved the innocence of the young one 
just the same as he had loved the shadows in the shadow priest's eyes. This love pure, don't let malevolence enrapture you to forget our previous lesson on the begrudged and prejudgment. Our young shadow priest for the first time would recognise that he could be part of the battle against malevolence, chaos and darkness, and realise that at the core of the nemesis there is a damaged soul, unless the demon king has already taken hold. The days went by, he settled into class, some hassle and harassment, but by no means was he a victim to incessant bullying. And if any words in his class were said, they were quickly chopped down by our shadow priest's wit, and he would hound any bully in his presence, no fear in essence. From a young age he had been taught that all it takes for evil to prevail is for one good man to do nothing. So this in mind and the previous needs of keeping his promise the following occurred. Although in essence these things should never remain unheard, the words that will cascade from my lips are darker than of which I expected. For this young caster, our shadow priest, faced by chaos magic, he was directed. Each day our shadow priest boiled with anger until he had to embroil himself in the incidents. Even though the other pupil cried to him for desistance, the young shaman did not desist to cast chaos spells upon the victim each day in the academy toilets in a least peculiar way. Whirlpool magic and water air bending, rendering the victim speechless and breathless. How many more of the pupils of the academy of magic knew of this shadow priest? Would never know. And one day his anger was enough to bestow a furious rage inside the shadow priest. You see... His father had left the house by declaration of his mother, the Snow Witch. Although this was not the only fuel for his fire, he had recently sat with victims of fellow castes. So if you have joined me in the tales in the past, you will know the rage that rose inside the Shadow Priest when he heard the faint cries for help bellowing from the academy chamber. It was time for the old elvish lesson, and he sat in his chair, Yet he knew that every Friday there was this pupil's despair at the exact same time every week. He uttered some elvish speak to the lady whom heart he wished to beseech and left his seat. Although there was some structure to his orderly decant of the lesson chamber. So he reached his hand in the air and asked to be excused from the classroom, saying he had to relieve himself though what he was going to relieve himself of was not what the professor expected. Yet she was not able to detect it, the anger in his prepubescent voice. The shadow priest now believed he had no choice, having heard the words of how doing nothing can have a domino effect on society. He no longer thought lightly of his duties as a fellow pupil, and neither of the two shamans had a scruple. As our shadow priest skulked into the chamber, lurking in the shadows, all the while the other boy struggling to breathe, being taunted, and his legs writhed, the shadow priest struck the shaman at the side of the alpha shaman, smashed his chin against the porcelain. There was no magic he was endorsing. He was using brute strength. The little that he had acquired so hence, pulling the scrolls on a Sunday. Blood sprayed everywhere, the weaker shaman in despair, 
the victim finally able to come up for air, and that's when the alpha shaman let go of the boy's neck. He ran for his life in fear and to get a professor, yet there were still minutes that would pass while they battle without magic and their fists clasped. The shadow priest's bones as weak as glass, the armoured boar had left him this way. Though defeat was never our shadow priest's forte. With soul magic surging and weakness purging, their shirts tear at the seams, their ties go flying in ribbons like reams. They pushed away from each other and locked in gaze, both in a bloodied haze. You stand up for that maggot, he screamed. He is no maggot, our shadow priest retorted. There is silence for a moment. He wiped it and smeared blood on his chin. The violence finally gave in. Your dad is no father if he calls you a maggot, said the shadow priest. There are other reasons for that too. He is a demonic beast, cried the young shaman. So why do you inflict these chaos spells on that boy, asked the shadow priest. It's all I've ever known. I thought it was normal. And deep down, I guess I needed someone to stand up to me, to show me I could to him. The shadow priest no longer had a malice grin. The shadows that he had seen within the shaman, misconstrued as a darkness, broke him. The shadow priest had known demons hitherto, but not in his own family, his own home. For this... Shaman, he knew not what it was to have a safe zone. Every aspect of him had been touched by the darkness of the demon. The shaman went on to say, I hoped that if no one would stand up to me, that at least the chaos spells I have cast would force the paladins to lock me away from the praying eyes of that demon. The shadow priest replied, His eyes are not here. You need to speak and have no fear. To sit in silence will allow it to grow. You clearly have strength and let me bestow that you are not alone. Do you know many face the hand of malevolence? Do not let it manifest in thyself. Be the shadow. And with the impact of an arrow of light, the shaman no longer was rife with fright, no longer doomed to repeat the violence he received night after night. The professor arrived and both were in tears in the hall holding each other after the brawl. The lesser shaman still unconscious on the chamber floor, a trail of blood leading to the head of the year's door. And the story that would make the strongest man hit the floor is told. The paladins roll in and take the shaman to a safe location. The demon slayed and the wife finds her way to Ashgrail and the young shaman free from the repetition, compulsion of chaos magic. It was not tragic, it was desperately depressing. Behaviour is catching. That is, that sometimes malevolence leads to malevolence, and we have to break the chains of repetition, the cycles of abuse, by the malevolent ones that cause chaos magic to envelop itself into malevolence. Repetition, compulsion, 
it's enough to turn anyone to convulsion. Anyway, the shadow priest returned to the elvish lesson and said, Oh, I'm sorry I missed much of the session. With the waters I've seen a blessing. In his mind he knew that the shaman was to be a shadow priest. There was no doubt as there were more words exchanged than that of what you've seen arranged in my story. There are more stages to life than what can ever be encapsulated in a single story. The other students, with their innocence, without prudence, believed he was making a joke. The one of which he wished to be yoked believed it was at her expense. The class let out a roar of laughter as she believed he was speaking old elvish and complimenting her. All the while one of the shadow priest's companions was aware of what had transpired, and pride in his eyes were attired. The shadow priest recognised some chaos magic in the flicker of her eyes, her paranoia letting go of her guise. Yet he would perhaps never know what glimmer of malevolence had allowed that to grow, though he had some idea, and so. Many years went by, and the shadow priest did not see the shaman, the demon's son. Although as it grew closer to graduation, he visited once more, and implored the shadow priest to always believe in the goodness in his heart, and to tell him he had found a foster family that gave him the love he nay had at the start. You see, in this moment, the shadow priest learned the difference between innocence and choice. That malevolence that incurs a chaos curse can be broken. It's just a matter of whether or not the person is willing to be outspoken or at least be encouraged to speak out. Because the longer you harbour the trappings of the chaos magic, the longer it takes hold of you and everyone around you until you yourself become the demon that you once detested. It grows and festers. Never let anger take over you and certainly Never unquestionably remain in silence, nor belief that how you are being treated is normal. Reach out before you yourself become the arm of destruction. Help others affected by the cycle of repetition be the disruption to the chains of chaos magic that shackle many. And never go into battle believing with certainty that this demon was born that way. Nurture the nature of any caster with malevolence and chaos magic, and he will resort to the demon's gifts. Never let it cause a rift with your understanding. Never be victim to societal branding, and let the paladins do their handling. Wrath and death is reserved for those who take the breath of the innocent by their own wicked volition. To recognize evil born is your mission. To take action on life is not your decision as a shadow priest. Lest you want to be an arbiter. Your job is to cast them into remission. To quell the darkness and snip the bud of malevolence. Not to become the essence of what you fight. Even shadows are cast in the mirror. So be wary 
you may one day look and think there is a demon behind you. Be wary of what hate does when it binds you. Be entwined to the light, knowing that innocence is born, and malevolence is what seeks it torn from the pure. Don't destroy, be the cure.